0: If you'd like to make your NFL games a little more interesting, you've come to the right place. It's the Even Money Podcast with Russ Tucker and Steve Fezik. Yeah, Vegas, baby, Vegas, it is the Even Money Podcast. And if you're looking for a place to make your online wagers, head over to betonline.ag. Use the promo code PODCAST1 to get that 50% sign-up bonus today. BetOnline.ag. He is Steve Fezzik. You can and should check him out on Twitter, at Fezzik Sports, the only two-time winner of the Super Bowl of professional football gambling. I thought last week's show was amazing. How to win betting pro football. The tips you gave out, Steve, fantastic. I know several people told, them, told me it fired them up. I got social media people hitting me up at Ross Tucker NFL, and telling me that it fired them up to go check out season win totals, to go check out the week one lines, and they're ready to go, man, after last week's episode. So we kind of wanted to piggyback off of that, and we will do that momentarily. Uh, But I also should mention, there's a lot of ways you can have fun with all of the RT Media shows, Ross Tucker football podcasts, we talked about the CBA and Andrew Brandt talked about the franchise tag all kinds of stuff there today training camps are opening certainly the fantasy feast I know a lot of you listen to and love Evan Silva diving into his tears of Evan with the quarterbacks today we started that out and if you want to get into the season long league with Evan and I season long fantasy league just take advantage of any of our sponsors over on the sponsor page at RossTucker.com and forward it to me Ross at Ross Tucker Really excited to bring on Kiev O'Neill from the Odds Breakers podcast, theoddsbreakers.com. Does a terrific job over there and recently wrote a Sports Betting 101 column, which is great because we had a podcast, I don't know, three or four weeks ago. Steve and I did Sports Betting 101 and last week we dove into How to Win Betting Pro Football And so we wanted to dive into Kiev before we start to get into the preseason games and the Hall of Fame game next week, believe it or not, we'll start to talk about, we wanted to get somebody else's opinion of some of the 101 tips that everybody should be aware of. And I'm sure there'll be some similarities to what Steve said, but that's kind of half the fun of it, right? If, If a lot of experts, a lot of people are saying something, then there's probably some truth to it. So... Uh, let's tee up, and, and I had you send these to me, Steve, so I could tee up on them, or Kiev, I should say. Uh, your first one, and I know this is a big one for Steve as well, is bet the lines early or late, um, You know, which obviously is good for, for betonline.ag. Steve always says make sure you're tracking the line movement, and he says bet the lines early. You saying late, I think, is interesting, too.
1: Yeah, well, first of all, thanks uh, for coming on, Fez, to keep me honest here. Uh, (laughs) uh, Always been a big fan of you, and uh, and it's great having you on with me. The way I look at it is when the lines are released, that's your first opportunity to find any value, and you can base that upon how you handicap the game. I mean, it's always best to get the first handicap out there, maybe even when the games are being played on Sunday for the NFL. So when you compare your power ratings and uh, any of the spots you want to factor in giving away half points and points and you come out with the opening lines, that's when you can attack them. Because if you're you know, decent, you should be the first one to, let's say, move the line or even have the first opinion on it. So what, what you hope that's going to happen is the line moves in the direction that you bet. So, uh, getting first crack at it, in my opinion, is always the best
2: option.
0: And what about Agree, the 100 percent
2: spot on? You, um, the way the pros bet is, they have their numbers made before the odds makers. They don't look at the um, the odds that are out there and start thinking about, hmm, I wonder if uh, I should play in this game. They have their number already, and then when the bookmaker number comes out, the version number, and it's significantly different from their number well that's your your um, clue to go ahead not your clue but your directive at that point is to go ahead and fire and take advantage of the off number that the bookmaker has put up on his opener
1: here's my opinion on why i think you know the middle of the week and fez knows this as well the middle of the week is when the lines are stale you know meaning there's not you might be waiting on some information and the bookmakers might be waiting on some information or the lines have already been hit. Now, the limits start to go up mid-week, So you got to watch that as well. So, uh, you know, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, uh, they tend to be a little bit stale. But sometimes, you know, you're not ready to hit a number because, you know, it's too close to your number. And then there's going to be the general public coming in on Saturday and definitely most of Sunday morning for the NFL, which could potentially move that number to where there's some value in it, meaning you have over a 52.4% chance of winning that bet. And uh, that's why I think waiting towards right before the games in many cases can be the most valuable move you can make.
2: Agree again, and I'm going to use a Wall Street analysis here to um, kind of further make that point. We all loved that movie, Wall Street. At least I did, back in the '80s. So remember at the end of the movie when they're buying up Blue Star Airlines, and Buddy Boy, you know, goes ahead and gives a taste to all his um, his best clients and said, "Blue Star, Mr. Mannheim, it's going to move." And they're buying it at 18, and they're buying it at 19, and 19 and a half and this it's very similar to betting on a point spread you get in minus the 18.5, and a half minus the 19 and then blue star goes all the way up to 21 and a half and gordon gecko goes nuts and he's like slash and burn buy all of it up to 22 and he's kind of in a rare bad move gecko has become the betting public in that situation laying 21 and a half on a stock that he should have been laying 18 and a half and he's caught at that point and then the stock goes all the way to i think it hit 23 so it's like a point spread hitting 23 and everyone's celebrating what a great wagers that they had made on blue star and charlie sheen says dump it dump it all get out (laughs) and that's how i bet a lot of times i was buying laying 18 they'll spread up to 23 this would be a college football game not an nfl game obviously but um Mm -hmm. At that point, you're taking the 23 points because the value is to go against the favorite at that point in time.
0: Completely agreed. All right. One of your other tips, Kiev: use multiple books. Absolutely, you shouldn't
1: use multiple books because you want to shop for the best lines possible, especially when it comes to NFL, the value between Three and three and a half, six and a half to seven is a lot higher. Uh, well, than most other sports, and definitely more than college as well, because the variance between the teams and uh, well, how well they're power rated is a lot smaller than just say like an Alabama versus a Massachusetts, right? These key numbers are important. There's been studies done out there, and I uh, posted this on my article, Sports Betting One Hundred One, uh, that eighteen percent of the time on a sample size uh, the games landed on the three you know now things have changed a little bit the extra point has been moved back the uh, last couple years so we're still waiting on some more data on that but in general the three to a three and a half is worth more than three and a half to six you know, it's literally that much more of a, a better EV. So um, I, I think it's really important. Sometimes you can find some opening lines where a book might be at a three and another book might be at a four or, or whatever. And you can t- hit both sides of that line and have a good chance of uh, doubling up on that bet. Uh, you know, there's no reason you don't go shopping at one store, do you? You know, when you go buy a car, you don't buy the first thing you see. It's always important to have multiple options because, you know, some books, you know, they, they're not perfect. You know, and they, they try to feed, uh, you know, off the movement. You know, they, they wait for people to hit the line so they know where they should be.
2: Yep, I agree completely. Let's use a real life example Baltimore at Miami opens three and a half, in my opinion, too low a number. I think it's going to close six. It's currently sitting at four and a half. But I had a book that had it at three, so I went ahead and, and fired on minus three. As Kiev says, um, it used to be 18% of NFL games landed on three. I think it's more like 16%. We, you mentioned, Kiev, the changes in the extra points and the like and the games being higher scoring. And what that means is 10% of the time, the favorite is going to win by three. and about 6% of the time, the dog is going to win by three. That's how we get to the 16%. And I concur that the difference between three and three and a half, remember, that's going to happen. That's going to hit 10% of the time. Well, it's going to land four only about 4% of the time. It's going to land five, a little less than 2% of the time, and six about 4% of the time. So I agree that the difference between three and three and a half is at, at least as big as the difference between three and a half and six. If you can get at a game and get a number laying two and a half when the number should be three or taking three and a half, that is a very fine investment in the NFL.
0: Absolutely.
1: And to piggyback on that, I made an example that if you can take both sides of a three from a two and a half bet in the favorite to the plus three and a half in the dog, you're only sacrificing 4.55%. You know, the actual average VIG, especially if you got it at minus 110. You know, when you're looking at what Fed said, 16% of the time, it's going to land on that three where you're doubling up. And if you keep adding that up, the amount of times that you can do that, you are going to be a winner.
2: Okay, keep in mind, you're only doubling up 10% of the time because when the dog wins, you don't middle the game. So 10% of the time, you double up but more than enough for it to be very profitable laying two and a half and taking three and a half. And in fact, just barely profitable enough that if you laid two and a half and took plus three, you would make money in the NFL, but you would just make a smidgen. You'd have a tiny edge.
1: Yeah, that's why I like it between the two and a half and the three, the
0: best. But that's just why you shop multiple books. What about the next one, which I know Steve is really big on, and he's explained to me before how he does. I don't I still don't know. I maybe I just tune out when he says it, but use power ratings. He always talks about his power ratings, Kev, and evidently that's the thing to do because you say use power ratings too. Absolutely. You want to have
1: some sort of a system that you've developed to know the difference in points on a neutral field with everything else held constant. There's formulas for that. Everybody has their secret sauce but I think that is the best way to predict the point spreads and where your value is in the NFL. But I also say this, coming up with your own power ratings takes a lot of time, and you have to uh, make adjustments every day, especially you have to spend that time looking at the box scores after every game to know where you're going to make that adjustment. So if you have a uh, a 40-hour-a-week full-time job, I don't think it's a bad idea to use a public power rating out there, and that way you can still deviate in your mind where they might be off. But at least you don't have to spend that time, and you can focus on other factors like injuries, uh, look ahead spots, letdown spots, and things like that. And uh, you know, so if you have the time, you know, go ahead and delve into making some power rings. But I have no problem using some of those great public ones uh, like Sagarin team rankings. ESPN's got their FPI. Bill Connolly's S&P.
2: Absolutely and I might add there's just not enough hours in the day to be an expert on absolutely everything. Personally like I'm a former mathematician actuary so what I'm probably best at is talking about the value of half points and the like and as far as player personnel and evaluation of how exactly how much each player is worth, that wouldn't be where I would absolutely put my my full evaluation of my, my best strength. So everyone is a little bit better at different things. One thing a lot of people ask me is, well, power rating-wise, how do I um, get a starting power rating and then start tweaking it? And, you know, an excellent way to do that is just to look at the season win numbers In September, how many games is each team supposed to win? And that's a pretty darn accurate number in terms of just how good these NFL teams are. They're not all 100% accurate, but um, when an Arizona or Miami is supposed to win five games um, and a New England's supposed to win 11.2 games, you know, that's, a, that's a great starting point just looking at those season win numbers to uh, go ahead and set initial power ratings. New England's a little tricky because their schedule is so darn easy this year. Um, so you, you take your, your power ratings, you take the difference between the two, that's what the point spread is on the neutral, and then like he had mentioned, then you go ahead and adjust for certain spots. Example, the Raiders play their last three preseason games on the road. Week one, the Raiders host Denver. You say, ah, oh, it's a good spot for Oakland, though. You know, they get, they get their first home game um, on week one on a Monday night. Well, no, it's not a good spot because they've been on the road the last three weeks. It's actually a bad spot for Oakland that looks like a good spot.
0: What about Kiev? Next up, you have have proper bank role management.
1: I think proper bank role management is extremely important. Important if you're going to be a consistent better throughout the kids throughout the season. Uh, there's a lot of swings in sports betting. In the best of the best, are literally only fifty-six to sixty percent accurate. Uh, over their betting lifetime. And that's, I'll tell you, that's high. Uh, people don't think so, but uh, the money really adds up. Now, you can have swings where you lose, you know, five to 13 games in a row, and then all of a sudden you pick up and win, uh, you know, 20 out of 30. It happens. It, and it happens when you're playing multiple games. And if you don't have proper bankroll management, you can't, uh, well, get through the ebbs and flows of the sports betting. You know, like last year when I bet college, I had two very bad weeks. I had about five close to even weeks and I had uh, roughly five, Uh, really good weeks, let's say. So, uh, you know, if if I had poor bankroll management and decided to bet all my money throughout those bad weeks, I would be starting again with zero. And and nobody wants to do that. So I always say is use the star system. One star is one percent of your bankroll. Five stars is five percent of your bankroll. So if you start with a thousand dollars, your one star bet should be ten dollars. Uh, you know, you should be averaging two or three stars that way you can be a consistent sports buyer and use it as an investment without uh, obviously putting yourself out there too much.
2: Yep, I agree. And Kiev is describing the Kelly criterion for betting where you should bet proportional to your edge. Um, the literature out there, there's actually quite a bit of um, um, varied opinions regarding this in terms of some people say you should always wager the same amount and not very from that I'll be honest here I the pros that I respect think that that's ridiculous because if you're a true pro and you're really good at this you should be look seeing certain bets and just saying oh that's just completely stupid that number on um a lot of times on props and the like you'll see an opening number on a prop bet like uh Murray for instance pass yards this year 3100 i think one book put it up but well that's just a dumb number you play over and you know you slash and burn you buy all the over 3100 you, you can because the number's just wrong and that is like a 60 percent bet so um the people that bet flat I, i'm kind of a harsh critic i apologize for that it's just wrong <laughs> you're you're, just, you're you're not you're not good if you're if it be because it's like a poker player saying i always want to play two five well, if you get the world, I understand you don't want to go bankrupt. But if you have the world's worst players that are playing at a five ten game one night, well, then you've got to step up and you got to play higher because the game is so good. So when the game's good, meaning the, the the spreads are wrong on things, you have to you just have to bet more money at that point. But bottom line is you. You can't lose your bankroll, and that's why you've got to estimate what your edge is and bet within it. So I love the one to five stars, 1% to 5% uh, in terms of how much you're going to wager. Now, one thing I will say, if you're a pro and that's all you're doing, you have to religiously live by this, or else even if you hit 55%, you will go bankrupt betting 14 percent of your bankroll on each game just because of an inevitable bad swing if you're a recreational better you can bet more than like if you have a thousand dollars to wager with because if you have a normal job and the like it's not like you're like saying to yourself like if you were golfing you're like wow once i golf five times i can't golf the rest of the year because i'm bankrupt no you'll make some more money and go golfing again so um you don't have to be as um, disciplined about you know staying within that um, because if you're starting with a bankroll of $500, for instance, it's no fun betting $5 a game. So I think that is a difference between a pro better and a recreational better.
1: Yeah, I don't know why people would uh, not want to make more off their strongest feelings, you know, especially if you have like a four point difference in your power rating, go past a key number compared to going from 17 to 21. You know, I think that I think it's extremely important to know or trust your feeling and trust your power ratings there because, you know, those are the kind of bets that should have the best EV. And when you make bets on the best EV, you are going to win uh, a lot more uh, than, well, than just going on the same amount. Uh,
0: So for people that don't know, Kiev, EV. EV is the expected
1: value of your bet. It's basically taking what you can win times your chances of winning uh, minus how much you have to put up times your chances of losing. It, it, you have to be above a 52.38% expected value on all your bets. So, for instance, if Vegas's number is minus five and your number is minus five to you, It's a 50%. You know, that is you cannot win. Uh, The the juice will eventually get you. But once you get over that 52.38% is when you can start making
0: plays. You have in know your key numbers and the values of those numbers. I think you kind of talked about this a little bit with two and a half and three and all that stuff.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. There's and the biggest number in the NFL and in college football is minus three. That's uh, that's the biggest key number. As Fez said, it lands at least 16% of the time there. Uh, 7 is is next. Uh, 10 is next. And then I believe it goes 6-4-14. Uh, four, but I've seen some different opinions on that. Uh, Fez, does that sound about right to you?
2: Okay, I, I got to back up because it's a really important point. We got to stop using the 16% for the game landing three because when the dog wins – just to reiterate this again, the game is not landing on the number, so you, we got to right. start saying teams favored by three, they win by three 10% of the time, and you're right. That spot-on is the most important number. Uh, when a team's favored by seven, they'll win by seven. It's about half as often, so it's, it, that's the it second is. most important number 5% of the time.
1: It is, and I meant, and I should have uh, say that. And I actually talked about that in the article. It, when they say that it lands on three, that means you got to count for both teams landing on it, so you split that number in half. Absolutely.
2: And not just not just half because the favorite will win more often than the dog will win, so that's where I get that that I bring that sixteen percent down to ten percent. Right.
0: Uh, let's get to your last one. Don't get sucked into bad plays with low EVs. Yeah,
1: absolutely. And, uh, you know, Vegas doesn't uh, – sportsbooks don't make money just off uh, straight-up spread bets and and total bets, as you know. They offer up uh, future bets. They offer up uh, win totals. They offer up parlays. And uh, I love parlays, but uh, they, they, aren't, they aren't exactly the best for uh, value, in my opinion. And I think uh, if you're going to play parlays, just kind of use your uh, – uh, di- a, a different little – level of disposable income for them. I mean, if Vegas is 50% right exactly on the spread and you play a three-game parlay, well, you have to multiply fifty point uh, fifty times .50 times .50, which is roughly, well, actually 12.5%. So if they're paying you six to one and your chances of winning that bet is 12.5%, there's, there's a pretty large VIG in there.
2: Yeah, you know, parlays are an interesting and controversial uh, situation because there are some pros that play lots of parlays. So let me explain when you can parlay. So first off, you cannot play, Cannot. I hate to use an always or a never, but in general, you you don't want to play four- and five-team parlays, and here's why. A two-team parlay pays 2.6 to 1. A three-team parlay pays 6 to 1. So it turns out if you just bet game one, it wins, cash your ticket, reinvest it, bet it again, cash your ticket, reinvest it, bet it again. You're not being shortchanged at all playing three-team parlays. In fact, it's um, you're laying just under minus 110 for each leg of the parlay when you play a three-team parlay. Um, the, the problem with it is that bankroll management, it um, creates huge swings in your results. So there's no reason for you to put things into a parlays unless – one, you want to circumvent some limits. That there's some really low limits that a book is dealing on a number, like we talked about, hey, I really want to get down on this game, but a book is only dealing a $500 limit. Well, you might say, well, I'll just parlay that that play with like five other plays I like, and then I can get down a whole lot more money. <laughs> um, and the second reason is correlation. So if you, uh, extreme example, if you, college football, you like the underdog plus 20, Hey, why not parlay that plus 20 with an under 58 and a half? Because obviously if the dog covers, it's more likely that the game is going to go under. So these, the correlations can make parlays valuable. Um, but the one parlay that everyone does in Vegas that's just horrendous is playing the four-teamer. And the reason is, think about it. If a three-teamer pays six to one, which essentially is seven for one, meaning you, about 100. After your three-teamer wins, they pay you 700. Well, some places only pay 10 to 1 on a four-teamer. So think about that. You're essentially taking that $700 that you've effectively won after winning three-teamer and then you're risking 700 to win 400 on the fourth leg, that is where the VIG is crushing for you. And that's why Vegas on these four- and five-team parlays that are played off the board, that is the worst wager that you can possibly ever make. Um, it's worse than playing kino, because the kino edge is actually um, less. I think it's 18% than it is blindly playing a four- or five-team parlay.
1: 100% agree. I, and I, I love your point on the correlated parlays. Um, not all books will allow them uh, or sometimes will make you wait until right before the game, so make sure you're uh, shopping at the correct areas.
0: Kiev, thank you so much for coming on. This was fantastic. Where can people find you and all your stuff? Well,
1: you can check us out at the oddsbreakers.com. We have handicappers up there giving out picks. Uh, I have some premium picks that I give to our clients over there. And most importantly... Uh, Ross was just on our podcast. We love uh, trying to explain what we know and learning because we are always learning. Uh, there's always changes. We're, we're not perfect. Uh, we're, we're trying to explain to everybody else out there what we learned. We talk about where we think there might be value. And we always ask people to uh, challenge us as well because we're not right about everything. We want to know when we're making mistakes. You know, the best thing a sports better could do is uh, compare his information to other respected players. I'm sure Fez knows that really well.
0: Terrific stuff. That was exactly what I was hoping for. And we're getting closer and closer and closer. And Steve's tips for betting preseason football right around the corner. We'll have some preseason bets to make. This is very exciting. We can go to betonline.ag, use the promo code podcast1, get that 50% welcome bonus, and then place your bets. Absolutely awesome. BetOnline.ag. It's all happening. We're here. Hall of Fame game will be here before you know it. Again, BetOnline.ag. Make sure you're subscribed to this show so you never miss an episode. We are going to have an awesome year here on the Even Money Podcast. Great content each and every week. And You can always ask Steve any question you have. You have a specific question, just go ahead Email me Ross at rostucker dot com after you rate and review the show or buy something on the from you know Amazon clicking through our link on the homepage at rosstucker.com, dot com. Whatever you do, there's lots of ways. Take advantage of any of our sponsors. You can ask Steve any question you want which is very, very cool. Good luck, everybody. Hope you guys win some money. Thanks for listening to the Even Money Podcast. Make sure to also subscribe to the Ross Tucker Football Podcast, the Fantasy Feast Podcast, and the College Draft Podcast, all available on iTunes at rostucker.com or wherever podcasts can
2: be found.